For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it's your boy Dylan here, and I just wanted to talk to you guys about our sponsor for today's show as we are part of the Believe Podcast Network, and that is Bet Online. We are back and better than ever, a new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That is B-L-E-A-V-50 to receive your bonus. That is all capitalized. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. episode of the Topic Thunder podcast. Um I'm going to be re- I'm going to be doing this one solo. Um I guess you know Dylan was supposed to join me but I think he uh, he crashed out being that he's a uh Eastern Time Zone guy and you know the game was a little bit later than normal. This game started 8:30 on the East Coast time so uh usually those East Coast games start at like 6 if uh 6 central if anything. Uh, but this one's a little bit later. So, great game for the Thunder. Um, you know, this is one of those games coming into it. Durant was out. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge was out. Kyrie, of course, was out because they're playing at home. Um, Patty Mills, vaunted Thunder killer, he was out. Um, Nick Claxton was out. And so this was a game that was set up from the beginning to be one of those games that the Thunder probably were more at the advantage to win than if they would have played all their guys, the Nets would have played all their guys. And so they came out and they came out from the beginning and they put in that work. Um, you know, that, that, that rim must've seemed like an ocean to them, um, because they were basically hitting everything. They shot 44% from three today. Um, and whenever you're talking about the worst three point shooting team in the league, um, that is, that is a beautiful thing. You know, basically the, the Thunder as a team did the whole 50, 40, 90 thing. They shot 51.6% from the field, 44.4% from three, um, and 88.9% from the free throw line. Um, and so this was offensively an explosion for the Thunder. 
And it was an explosion from the beginning of the game. Like, Lou Dort, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, they were able basically to get anything they wanted on the Nets. You know, the Nets had Dayron Sharp and Paul Millsap in the middle uh, for the, you know, for most of the game. And the Thunder took advantage of that. You know, the Thunder basically just cleared out, you know, um, JRE, put him, put him out in the three-point line, and everything the Thunder ran was toward the basket. You know, like, you know, after the game, they talked about it where, you know, basically a lot of it was running downhill. You know, they were running downhill, um, and they did great. They did great at that, and it showed, as far as the percentages, it showed as far as the efficiency uh, for the Thunder. Um, so in that first quarter, you know, SGA, Dort, they were getting anything they wanted, and they were actually making their shots. That's what kind of helped um, that they were getting anything that they wanted because, you know, you had to respect the shot that was falling tonight. Um, offense was running great, you know, passing to find the open man. Um, and then, you know, defensively, it was just basically Harden out there. Uh, so it was Harden, and, you know, in the second half, it was Cam Thomas. Uh, they just had to look out for those guys, and as long as those guys weren't going for, you know, weren't going for 50, they were good to go. And, that, you know, the Thunder basically understood the assignment. You know, they took care of Harden. They took care of Cam Thomas. Um, they got their points, but nobody else did. You know, the, the Nets didn't have a Patty Mills out there that's that usually kills the Thunder. Uh, they didn't have Kevin Durant out there. They didn't have uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, Kyrie. Um, and so... You know, it was basically Harden and a lot of young players. It was Harden, Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap, and a lot of rookie second-year players, um, guys that don't have a ton of experience, guys that, you know, whenever the Durants and the Kyries of the world are out there, they look a lot better than when it's just Harden, and they have a lot more of the responsibility put on them. Um, and the Thunder took advantage of that. The, the Thunder took advantage of that, and the Thunder looked, from the beginning of the game, like the more better-run team because of those circumstances. Um, it was just a fun game. It was a fun game. Um, it was a game where if the Thunder would have lost this game, it would have been kind of disappointing. You know, this is one of those games where it's set up from the beginning for the Thunder to win it, and the Thunder came out took care of business. Uh, you know, they had you know, had it all the way up to a 22-point lead in this game. Um, the second half, it whittled down to about eight. Uh, actually, in the third quarter, it got down to about three. Uh, but the Thunder were able to weather the storm um, and come back and get the victory. They won 130-109. to 109, um, And per the Thunder, it was the most points this season as far as for a game. Um, it was the most three-pointers in a game, three-point field goals made for with 20. Um, and it was the most assists assist they've had in a game, uh, 32. So basically, it was a great offensive game. Um, you know, you can ask for a better offensive game uh, from this team. It, was, it looked like the best game that you've seen uh, when you're talking about the, the trio of SGA, Lugans Dort, and Josh Giddy. Um, SGA and Lugentz, it, it was like they couldn't miss today. I mean, those two guys were on fire. Lou shot 6 of 10 from 3. Um, Shea was 11 of 18 from the field, 2 of 5 from the from 3-point line. 
9 of 10 from the free throw line. He had 33 points. Lou had 27 points. Um, you know, Josh Giddy, he was 8 of 17 from the field. He shot 11 threes. He was 3 of 11 from three. Uh, but he had 19 points, 7 assists, 3 rebounds. Um, overall, it was just a great game. It was a great game. They looked good, you know. And for, every, for all intents and purposes, they wanted to get a victory from this game. They were tired of losing. You know, they had been on a five-game slide before this. Um, and so, you know, they came out to care of business. And a 130-109 to victory is the, uh, is the result of that. Um, and so, great game for them. Uh, they go back home. They play, I believe it is Cleveland next. Um, and then they go from there. This is a this is a more this is more the more difficult stretch of the of the season for them. You know, they play Cleveland. They play at Dallas, at San Antonio. That should be one of those games. That's kind of a tank tankathon game. Uh, they play at Charlotte, at Cleveland. So they have a four game uh, a four game road trip coming up after the uh, the home game against Cleveland on Saturday. Um, and then it gets you know it gets tougher still. They go against Chicago and then the schedule eases up um, and these are the this is the part of the schedule where if you're rooting for the Thunder to to tank a little bit you want to see some losses here so they're playing versus Indiana uh, they're playing versus Portland twice in that span uh, at Sacramento so those are the games that you kind of want the Thunder to lose uh, because it gives it gives those teams around them a game up on them, um, so kind of pads the uh, the tankathon standings, um, and so those you know that's the type of things that you want to see if you are rooting for the tank, if you are rooting for more ping pong balls, um, come draft lottery time. Um, but I mean, you know, we also got the Clippers pick. You know, we also got the Clippers pick, and from all intents and purposes, uh, Jake Fisher from Blake, I mean from uh, Bleacher Report basically said that the Clippers are operating under the auspices that they will not have Paul George this season uh, because of his elbow injury. And if that's the case, I, I don't see why Kawhi Leonard comes back to play, you know, 20, 25 games of a season that will likely end either in the play-in round or in the first round of the playoffs. Like, the Clippers themselves... They're a feisty team. They're a good team. Um, got a lot of veterans on there. But this is not a championship caliber team without both of their stars being healthy out there. We saw last year, you know, Kawhi got injured, I believe, in the first or second round of the playoffs. And Paul George carried him, you know, past that second round into the into the Western Conference Finals. But it just wasn't enough. You know, it wasn't enough for for that team to to push forward. Um, and so if you don't have any of those guys out there healthy, you know, if you have Kawhi coming back from a, you know, from a surgical procedure, coming back from a, you know, nine-month layoff, you know, it doesn't make sense. You know, if, you're, if your goal is to win a championship, this is the year you might just punt and say, look, we're going to go ahead and what we have to do to set up for next year and the year beyond that, you know, the years beyond that, um, and try to get – Paul George, Kawhi Leonard healthy, try to get them maybe some more help, maybe some mid-level guys, maybe, you know, maybe another superstar through a trade or whatever. Um, but this is this is what you're probably going to do this year. Um, 
And so that's a good thing for the Thunder. You know, if if according to that same report, you know, the, the Clippers are looking to be sellers at the trade deadline. And so looking to be, you know, probably sellers in order to acquire some picks. And so if you're able to acquire some picks, if you're able to acquire maybe a good player here or there, um, maybe you set yourself up a lot better for the future than you would have if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard would have played. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like the Portland situation. You know, you have Damon uh, Damian Lillard out for the season basically with a uh, abdominal surgery. You're probably not going to have CJ McCollum play anymore, and so they're going to become sellers. They're going to become sellers while keeping Damian Lillard. Um, and so what they're wanting to do is set up for next year. Let's regroup. Let's kind of fix our books a little bit, and let's see what we can do from here um, to help appease our superstar, to help you know put a championship team around them. Um, and so you're going to see teams like L.A., teams like Portland do that this season, have a reset season, not a rebuild season. Uh, and that works, you know, that works great for the Thunder. I, I don't think the Clippers are going to completely just fall off a cliff. Again, it's a team full of veterans, and so we still have – you know, we literally have 28 more days until the trade deadline. And so I'm pretty sure they're not going to be trading players off, you know, here for the next four weeks. I'm pretty sure you're probably going to wait until about the trade deadline um, and then make your moves from there. Um, so works out for the Thunder. We'll see how it helps them out in the, uh, in the, lot, in the draft lottery. You know, the Thunder, you know, if they miraculously end up with, a top three pick because of the Clippers pick, and then, you know, a, a top seven or eight pick with their pick, even you know if it drops, then it was all worth it. You know, or even, you know, even if the Thunder end up with, like, the number five pick and the number ten pick, I do trust in Sam Presti, and I do trust that he will be able to either use those two, those two picks to move up or, you know, draft some good players in those slots. You know, we, we got Giddy at six. He's turning out to be a great rookie, hopefully a great player for the future. Um, and it's just, you know, this guy is able to find good players at the spots that he drafts at. You know, this team is able to do that. This team has a great scouting department. Um, and so, you know, all, all that to say, when it comes time for the draft lottery, we, we have a lot more chances than a lot of the other teams do. Um, and so, you know, that works in our favor. We'll see. We'll see if it works in our favor. You know, it didn't work in our favor last year, but we still took advantage of the pick that we did have um, and the picks that we had because looking at this team and looking at the rookies, you know, you have four rookies that are playing major minutes. You know, now that Trey Mann is playing, now that Aaron Wiggins is playing, Aaron Wiggins started today. Um, you know, he started today. He, he just – he Aaron Wiggins – He's an older rookie, and so you kind of see that in how he plays. You know, he started today, he had, let me see, he had nine points. He was a plus 15, you know, six rebounds, two assists, one steal. He's just he's just consistent. Um, he's the type of guy that, like a championship team, you know, in a couple of years, whenever he gets a little bit more NBA experience, you know, and his numbers prove to be, consistent you know this is a guy that can help out an NBA team kind of like what we have with Kenrich right now 
It's a guy that can help out a team, and a, and a lot of championship teams will like a player like that. Um, and so ha- hopefully we're the ones with him, and we're the ones that have him on our team, and he's doing that for us. But, you know, this team has four rookies. You know, we drafted four rookies, and they have four rookies that are playing consistent minutes and out there, you know, showing flashes. You know, Giddy is one of the top rookies this year. Trey Mann comes in. He's been coming in over the past couple weeks, and he's an offensive spark plug. You know, he's a guy that you just put him in there, and he just he's a, he's a show sometimes. You know, he, his his play is very loud. You know, he has those dunks that are unexpected. Um, he has that step back three move that he does. He he's able to create space with his dribble, um, and he's a guy that you know. You look at him and you're like, what what is the ceiling with this guy? Because, you know, offensively, he is very much tailored to today's game, um, and so, you know, is he able to stay out there defensively? Is he able to, you know, is he able to put on some weight and put on some some muscle in the next coming up seasons to to take take on the uh, the physical grind that is the NBA. Um, you know, JRE. JRE's out here, you know, putting in work at the center position. He's still he's he's undersized. He's always gonna be undersized. Um, but I, I do believe that JRE, you look at him and your hope is that he is your backup center. You know, your hope is that, you know, he eventually develops into this PJ Tucker, like a taller PJ Tucker, just a guy that's out there, corner threes good positional defense, um, physical play, you know, just a bigger guy out there um, and just kind of controlling the paint, controlling things for, you know, whatever 15 to 20 minutes that he's out there in the game. Um, but he's, you know, he's out there, he's getting minutes, he's doing good. And then you have Aaron Wiggins, who's, you know, usually those guys drafted at number, you know, in the 50s, they're kind of throwaways. You know, they're kind of guys that you hear their name on draft night, and for 75% of those players that are drafted, you know, between 50 and 60, you never hear about them ever again. You know, they, they stay in the G League. They, they, they maybe sign a training camp uh, deal here or there. A lot of them end up playing in the G League for most of their career or um, in Europe, overseas, wherever. Um, and so the Thunder have somebody that, is tailor-made for that position in this game as far as a 3 and D wing. You know, 33% from three, guy with long wingspan, tough, physical. Um, and so the, the fact that the Thunder got four guys in this draft that could possibly, you know, they played this year uh, because this team is, is built for that. This team is built for seeing what they have as far as rookies and what they have as far as young players. But you could see a path to where these guys are playing when this team gets better. You can see that path. You know, it's not like, it's not far-fetched. It's not like, you know, whenever we, whenever we were playing Josh Hall last year. Like, you know, you saw Josh Hall out there and you saw the flashes, but the consistency wasn't there. Um... And so it was difficult to kind of see that flashing forward to a couple years from now and seeing Josh Hall still here. Uh, But with these four guys, you definitely see a path forward to where, you know, they could could go ahead and be here whenever this team starts to win, whenever this team starts to get into play-in games, playoff games, 
um, and hopefully contending, you know, so it's, 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 it's fun to have them. It's fun to have, you know, this type of season where we're able to see that and, and not have any pressure associated with it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's been fun. It's been fun as far as watching these guys play. Um, so I did ask you guys for some Twitter questions. So let me go ahead and pull those up real quick. And I do thank you very much for sending those in. It's always, you know, it's always fun that whenever we ask you guys, send us questions that you do. And we, you know, we're, we're in that time frame where things start to get active. You know, you start to have trades happening. You start to have, you know, different things happening. Like we just had a trade where Cam Reddish was traded from Atlanta uh, to the Knicks. And I know a lot of Thunder fans are, <clears throat> they were clamoring for the Thunder to make a move for Cam Reddish. Um, here's the thing when it comes to that. So I know a lot of fans are impatient. I know a lot of fans are hoping that the Thunder make a big-time move to get better. But I I don't think that's the path that they're on this season. And I, I and I want people to understand that because if you understand that it it makes it makes fanning a little bit easier, you know, through this stretch of the rebuild. Um and, and if you look at if you look at a guy like Cam Reddish, and yes, I know they were just asking for a first round pick, and I believe I believe New York got him for like a player and are protected first. Um, something that the Thunder could have easily matched and could have easily gone over, overpaid and got him. But, I mean, the idea of Cam Reddish sounds a lot better than the actual player himself. You know, the, Cam Reddish had, had a couple games last year in the Eastern Conference Finals where he was shooting like 60% from three. And he looked great. And it was like, oh, crap, you know, this guy, you know. But... If you look at his entire career, so he's this is his third season. His entire career averages are 11 points per game, 3 rebounds, 1.4 assists, 1 steal on 39% shooting from the field, 33 from 3, 33% from 3, and then 83% from the line. Like literally his numbers have been extremely consistent to that to that team. Um his offensive rating this year is 104. His defensive rating is 115. That's basically been his offensive and defensive rating for his entire career. Um, he is, at this point, he is who he is. Could he improve? Of course he could. He's a young player. Um, but, you know, he's going to get played. He's going to get paid $6 million next year. And he's up for an extension in the offseason. And I don't think. I, I when I look at Cam Reddish, I don't think that he's the type of player that you're going to be throwing fifteen to eighteen million dollars at, because that's what he's going to be commanding. That is the amount that he's going to be commanding. Whether he gets it, I don't know, um, but that is the amount he's going to be commanding, especially with him no longer being on Atlanta's team and being on a New York team that has cap space. You know, it's it probably changes a little bit if you're on a team that is cash strapped, but if you're on a team that has money you're going to ask for the moon um, and see if you can land anywhere close to that. And so if he was with the Thunder, it'd be basically the same situation, the same scenario. And in this team, I don't think they're in a position right this moment 
to get a little bit better. Like, you want to keep what you have now. You want to see what you have. You know, you want to see what you have in Poku. You want to see what you have in Baisley. You want to see what you have in, you know, the four rookies that you have um, before you make a decision on another player. Um, and so I know a lot of people wanted Cam Reddish. And I know the idea of Cam Reddish makes sense. But the reality of Cam Reddish, I, I don't think it's there. I don't, I don't think it's, it's what we're asking for. And so what you'd get is a player that, you know, maybe, maybe let's say he gets on our team and he boosts his averages up to 15 points per game. And, it, you know, it looks good. You know, it looks good. But it's, he's not a star. He's not – we're star hunting. We're not rotation player hunting at this moment. You want to get your stars first, and then you want to go ahead and start to get those players around your stars, you know, your rotation players. Um, and so you don't want to get a possible rotation player but have to pay him definite rotation player money. And that's what would have happened with Cam Reddish. And I don't think I don't think the Thunder are, not, are in that position yet. And if you as a fan, you need to go ahead and kind of temper your expectations of what's going to happen during this trade deadline. The Thunder probably won't make a play for a young guy. They'll probably just get, you know, they're this is this this is probably the last season where they're going to be in asset collection mode. And so they're probably going to go ahead and go to teams that are either cash strapped or want to get rid of a veteran player that has a contract in the I don't know, 9 to 12 million range and be like, "Hey, we'll go ahead and take on that player into our cap space. All we ask for is X amount of picks, whether it's first round, whether it's a couple seconds, whatever." Um, that's probably the type of deal that the Thunder are going to do this trade deadline. I could be completely wrong. Maybe they go after a young player. Maybe they go after a Mo Bamba. Maybe they go after, you know, whoever. Um, but I don't think they're in that. I, I don't think they're in that mode right now to to be going after a player with the intent of, hey, this is going to be a long term piece on our team. Um, but yeah, that's that's my that's my thing on Cam on the Cam Reddish move and the Cam Reddish kind of love that developed over the past couple weeks, ever since uh, ever since the uh, the rumor came out that Atlanta wanted to go ahead and kind of trade him. Uh, so a couple of the questions. Let's see. So at the Doug Beck, the homie Doug Beck. Uh, so what young player would we target if we were going after someone? I mean, if you're going to target somebody, I think you're probably going to target somebody who is a player of need. And at this moment, it's it's definitely the, the center position. And so, you know, Mo Bamba's out there. Um, Jalen Smith from the Suns, he's out there. And, I mean, those are, you know, I, I believe the rumor out there is that Orlando's looking for a first-rounder from Mo Bamba. We have plenty of those. See, here's the thing. Here, here, here's, the, here's the thing when it comes to what we have so we're basically like my kids after christmas so my kids after christmas they have all these gift cards you know their grandparents their family members give them money gift cards whatever and so they're they got cash on them they you know they got they got dollar bills they got gift cards to every store out there and they can go ahead and get stuff and so they get the flashy stuff, you know, they get the, 
you know, this, this, and that. You know, a month later, hell, a couple weeks later, the gift cards are down to zero. The cash is down to coins. And they're back to, you know, waiting on mom and dad to go ahead and get them stuff. You know, and, and, and so what I equate that to is the Thunder right now are the only team in the league for the most part that have all the gift cards. They have a whole bunch of cash. You know, and so the fans of the Thunder are like, yo, let's get something flashy. Let's get let's get the let's get the jeans with the with the little diamonds on it. Let's get this, let's get that. And it's not gonna happen this year. It may happen in the future, it may happen it may even happen this offseason. But it's not gonna happen this trade deadline. And so us wanting to go get Mo Bamba, us wanting to get Jalen Smith, us wanting to get John Collins. You know who who seems to be having a difficult time in Atlanta. Right? Everybody in Atlanta is having a difficult time right now. Um, we're not in a position to do that. Yes, we have all the gift cards. Yes, you know we have all the money, but we're not in a position to do that right now. You know, one of the biggest things that Sam Presti said a couple years ago in that op-ed that he did in the Oklahoman. You know, for the most part, the 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 theme behind it was this is going to take time. This is going to get t- take time. We're not going to cut corners. You know, we want to do this right. And fans don't like that. Fans want results now. We just went through 10 years of excellence. Unfortunately, we didn't win a championship during that time. But we went through 10 to 12 years of excellence. And so we are yearning to get back to that point. And so we want to cut corners. Fans want to cut corners. You know, we want to wanna feel good for a couple seasons. We want to feel like, oh, wow. You know, we want to feel like Atlanta felt last year when they made their run to the Eastern Conference Finals. And believe me, I felt it because I went to one of the games in Atlanta. While I was on vacation, me and my daughter, we went to one of the games in Atlanta, and it was a fervor. It was hyped up in there. But Sam Presti doesn't want that. The organization, The organization doesn't want that. They want it to be an arrival when they get there. They want it to be for another 10 years of excellence. Um, And so I hope people temper their expectations when it comes to trades. Like, (laughs) you know, I think think a lot of Thunder fans are going to be disappointed whenever... What is it? 2.30 p.m. Central Standard Time hits on Thursday, February 10th. And the Thunder have, you know, Serge Ibaka from the Clippers for two second rounders. Because, you know, the the Clippers are going to be in fire sale mode. And they want to dump, you know, they want to dump salary. That's, that's probably the deal that's going to happen. And when you look at the team, you want to talk about centers... The team currently has two centers on their roster that they are probably going to be looking into. And that's going to be Mamadi Diakiti and Olivier Saar. And so if you're going to have somebody that, once the trade deadline is done, and you have a, a roster spot, or you have two roster spots, definitely the first thing you're going to do is give Aaron Wiggins a full contract. Uh, but then, if you happen to have another spot, you're probably going to be signing one of those two guys just to see what you have probably going to be SAR um, just to see what you have you know to be the 
the Moses Brown of the second half of the year. Maybe you have something with Olivier Sar. Maybe you have something with Diakini. You know, so if you're targeting a center, it's, they're probably already on the team currently on a 10-day hardship contract. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, if we're going to be targeting somebody, we're probably looking at center position. So, Bamba, Jalen Smith. But I don't think the Thunder want to get rid of two, of an asset, a valuable asset to get them. Uh, so another question from Doug Beck. Why do you think Bol Bol failed his physical? Don't really know that. But Bol Bol is a large, tall human being. And so those types of guys, they have foot problems, knee problems, ankle problems all the time. Um, so I would probably think something that. I hope it's something like that. I hope it's not something more serious like a heart ailment or something like that. Because if we all remember, uh, Manute Bol recently, not recently, but a couple years ago, died from a heart Heart failure, heart attack. Um, and guys that are that tall, they just, you know, their heart has to work harder. So they usually don't last as long. Um, and they usually, you know, they do, they usually succumb to something cardiac related. <clears throat> From OKC Draft Picks 21. So do you think any NBA teams will shift focus from competing and move to the rebuild slash tank? I think a lot of teams are doing that now. I think you have Portland. Uh, Portland's doing that. I think you have teams like, you know, let's see a team that competed last season, but they look to be, you know, Indiana. Indiana's always been kind of a middling team. I think they're getting to the point now where they realize they have to tank. You know, they have to tank to get better. Um, San Antonio. San Antonio's just kind of like in that, that weird middle middle ground. Um, New Orleans, you know, New Orleans is just, they're just snake-bitten this season a little bit. Um, I think they want to get into the play-in game, and that's a good thing for the Thunder. Um, but I don't know if they have the talent around them to do that. Um, I know Sacramento wants to win. Uh, Atlanta, I think Atlanta's trying their hardest. They just... They don't have any defenders. Atlanta is just all offense, no defense. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, they might have reached their ceiling last season. You know, they, they signed all these guys, and it was an amazing run to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I honestly think that if you don't have defense in this league, you'll eventually, you know, start to start to lose again and I, I think that's what's happening with with the Hawks you know it's, it's all offense it's it's Boyan Bonjanovic it's you know Danilo Gallinari out there it's Trey Young it's John Collins and all those names that I mentioned none of them are associated with defense you don't think of anything defensive when you think about those guys um, and so you know I think they're kind of reaping what's you know they're reaping what their what their faults are and so I think Atlanta wants to win. I don't think they're going to go, you know, slink down into rebuild mode. But they may slink down into reset mode. Um, and so you may start to see them sell off a couple of those pieces. And definitely, <laughs> Oklahoma City is one of those teams that, you know, if you want to trade a Danilo Gallinari into space, hey, hello, how are, how are you doing? We're here. You know, and, and Atlanta has a lot of draft picks that they can gun, they can give away. So... Definitely something to look after. Uh, but other than that, you know, Boston, some, Boston is a team that... 
Boston is is they might be in trouble um, this season. Like Tatum and and Brown, they're they're doing as much as they can, and that team still is, is twenty one and twenty one. They're still five hundred, um, and the East is only getting better. So that's 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 definitely a team to look out for. And again, the Thunder may be in play with for for somebody at Boston, you know. So we'll see with that. Let's see. So with the so this is from at Wilson R Walls. Uh, so with the Hawks trading Reddish for practically nothing and everyone else other than Trey and Capella reportedly being available, is there any chance we could land John Collins? So again, this is this goes back to the Thunder having all the gift cards and all the money, um, and we want to get something flashy. You know, we want to get a we want to get a new toy, um, and you know, Thunder fans. They got all this money, they got all these gift cards, and they want to get a new flashy toy. And John Collins is a flashy toy. He likes to dunk, he likes to run, and believe me, he'd look great next to Giddy, next to Shea. Um, but he already has a huge contract, and I don't think this is a, this is a, again, this is a good player. He's not a great player. And for the Thunder to get great, they have to bring in great players. And John Collins is not a great player. He's a good player. Some nights he's a very, very good player. Um, but I would not put him in my top 25. And so I know, again, fans want to cut corners and they want to get flashy objects. And But I, I, don't think, I don't think that it would make sense for the Thunder to, to make a play for John Collins. Um, Stephen Dolan, member of the pod, he's wanted to ask, why does Jerry have such a vendetta against Jake Fisher? So Jake Fisher is the one that did the the Bleacher Report um, article report um, about the Clippers, and I don't know why Jerry doesn't like him because Jake Fisher is a friend of the pod. He's been on our pod before, um, so simmer down, Jerry. Simmer down. And plus, he gave us good news. This wasn't an SGA trade story. This was a Clippers might suck in the future story. So that's good for us. Um, at Blaine underscore Kelly, uh, I think we should trade up for Paolo Bancaro uh, and then make a big signing and compete. Nobody's going to expect it. What you think? Um. I mean, as far as trading up for Paolo, like we have to see where the uh, where the lottery balls end up. You know, we could end up with the top pick, um, and so we won't need to trade any anything to get up. We're already there. Um, but I, I don't think we're gonna make a. So number one, I don't think we're gonna make a big signing because I don't think we're gonna have a ton of cap space this off season because. You know, that's whenever SGA's contract kicks in, his extension. Um, that's We still have one more year of paying Kemba Walker, which is about 20-something million. Um, I believe we may try to extend Dort. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's that wouldn't be coming up next season. But still, I don't think we, we're going to have as much cash as people think we will. Um, and so... You know, again, 
patience. I know patience sucks, but patience is the key um, to getting us back to contention. You don't want to go ahead and cut corners and end up being mediocre or being just, you know, let's say second round is our ceiling. You don't want that. We've already had that. We had that with the Russell Thunder teams, you know, who they could never make it out of the first round. And then, you know, even if they made it out the first round, they probably would have, you know, gone down in the second round. Like, their ceiling was second round. Um, And they were, you know, we had great players. We had Russell Westbrook. We had Paul George. You know, that season we had Carmelo Anthony. You know, and still couldn't get past the Jazz. Still couldn't get past, you know, these teams. So, Again, I preach patience, guys. I know it sucks. I know it's patience is, you know, is one of those things that our parents taught us. It's a virtue, but it, you know, it's something that we have to go ahead and take if we want to go ahead and be something more than just mediocre, something more than just second round fodder. Um, we're gonna have to take these steps to get there. And patience is what I preach. Uh, but other than that, you know, keep sending us questions. Keep listening to the podcast. Um, keep watching games. You know, this was a fun one today. And, you know, focus in on, on their development. Focus in on what you see and what you maybe can foresee for the future uh, with this team. Um, but other than that, thank you for listening. Um, As always, as we end this podcast, make sure that you are hooping. Make sure that you are doing whatever you need to do to protect yourself from this coronavirus. Uh, So wear your mask, uh, wash your hands, hoop when you can, get vaccinated. And as always, thunder up, thunder up, thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.